Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill their promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envy.
curious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert in the beautiful state of Arizona, I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio. If you'd like to reach out to us on The Secret Teachings, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com, rdgable at yahoo.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, as well as Gab, Gitter, and on Twitter at tst underscore underscore radio. On our website, thesecretteachings.info, you'll find our full show free archive to download and listen to all of our shows Monday through Friday. If you'd like to get rid of the monetized advertisements, though, you can subscribe to our archive on the website, which gives you access to all the shows, all the montages, my digital books, early access to the show when it's pre-recorded, and a private RSS feed www.thesecretteachings.info is where you can find that, as well as my books, our affiliate sponsor, Pro One Water Filters. There's a link to Pro One on our website and our Patreon page for behind-the-scenes content. Just visit the website and or email me, again, thesecretteachings.info and rdgable at yahoo.com. Once again... We have a series of events that took place this weekend. Some of these events were above us in the heavens. Some of them were right here below the heavens, as above, so below. Friday the 13th, last night we had a lunar eclipse. And when we have things like eclipses, when we have events like a Friday the 13th, be it a man-made superstition or something that is a result of nature, where the moon, the earth, and the sun fall into alignment, the moon passes through the earth's shadow, creating this this beautiful, and in the ancient world, a, a terrifying omen of something bad to come. A lot of the priestly classes throughout history probably understood, we can assume, the mechanism of the heavens a little bit better, and so they were able to predict these types of things and make it seem as if they were perhaps controlling them. And these priestly classes, you know, whether they're the priestly classes in Egypt or in Mesoamerica or in Asia, they were just scientists, basically. They were people that were studying nature. They understood the mechanism of the heavens and a little bit more about things like weather, and predicting events, cycles, and that made them godlike to the average person. And today we have a priestly class. I, I'm not exactly sure what you would choose to call it. We can call it a priestly class, though, for lack of a better term. And I believe that this priestly class, whether they're in the United States of America, whether they're in Europe and Asia, these are people that are very, very wealthy. And as the saying goes, millionaires don't believe in astrology, but billionaires do believe in astrology. And whether they're billionaires or not, there are some people on this planet who, like the priestly classes of old, 
still look to the heavens. They look to nature to determine when they should invest their money or to determine when they should maybe get married or when they should have a child. I mean, the, the royal family or the so-called royal family of, of, of England is, is famous for this, whether the, the name of the child or the, the birth of the child on certain dates. And it's not just wealthy people. Sometimes it's, it's people like uh, you and I, just average folks, peasants in the eyes of, of the ultra-wealthy. People choose certain days to have, have their, their child. They want, want the child to be born on a certain date, and they want to give them a certain name. So you know, that, that's a powerful name that they give their, their daughter or their son. And, and what we're doing is we're drawing down the influences of the heavens, or we draw, we're drawing on the influences of, you know, depending on what you name your, your daughter or your son, you know, you're drawing on the influences of what that name represents. It could be a family name, or it could be a, a name that is mythological. You know, like like Lady Diana, for example. I mean, she was actually named after the goddess Diana. It's not just a coincidental name uh, that's chosen. It's intentionally she was named Diana because of the, the the power of that name. And we might do that without even recognizing it. But the point is, we have we have names, we have certain dates that that people are born on, and we have cycles of nature that some choose to align themselves with in order to draw down that sympathy. And if you study, let's say, Wiccanism, let's call it Wiccanism. Some might call it paganism. Some might call it satanic. Some might call it witchcraft. But if you study Wiccanism, if you read any books on Wiccanism, there's a really great book called The Witch's Bible, which I would highly recommend if you haven't read that book. And uh, that book, The Witch's Bible, describes the changing of the seasons and it describes the various Wiccan rituals. There's one Wiccan ritual. And for those of you, I know that there are a lot of Wiccans who listen to this show, or maybe you're passing through and you're Wiccan. Maybe you don't believe this because I've talked to some Wiccans who don't believe this, but there are some Wiccans who practice a, uh, a, a ritual called drawing down the moon. Now this isn't a satanic ritual. It's not an evil ritual. Uh, it's actually a very old ritual, and it's one in which the congregation, the coven, if you will, they get together and they perform a form of 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 sacred. Uh, it might be a sacred dance, a sacred, just a sacred form of ritual. Usually, it involves a circle and uh, you know two people, a man and a woman, who are at the head of the coven. Sometimes it might involve sex. Sometimes it you know, I love Christians will think, well, that's heathenistic. Well, I, I don't know if that's heathenistic. I, I feel that modern Christianity is, is not much different than, than Wiccanism as far as I'm concerned. So, and I know that'll get me in trouble. I've got people commenting on my, the podcast feed or the radio feed on some players telling, telling other people that Ryan doesn't know anything about the Bible. He says that there's metaphor in it. Of course there's metaphor in the Bible. There's also metaphor in a lot of other religions and a lot of other religious texts. So what they do is they, they get together and they draw down the influence of the moon. And the moon is like Diana or Selene or whatever name you choose to give to the moon, the goddess. And the woman, the head of the coven, she will act as the vessel to draw down the influence of the moon. That's why they call it drawing down the moon. And this weekend, it really felt like a drawing down of the moon 
ceremony or ritual that took place from Friday the 13th through early Monday morning. And I, I think it, for me, feels like a three-day ceremony or ritual because of everything that happened in those 72 hours. Maybe you don't know what I'm talking about, but Friday was the 13th. So Friday the 13th, which has arguably direct links. It certainly has a factual link, but some argue it's superstitious because of other reasons. It has a direct link to the purging of the Knights Templar in Europe and the the church that went after the Knights and then they they burned uh, the leadership at the stake in front of Notre Dame Cathedral. It's a long, interesting, really fascinating history there for Friday the 13th, but it's considered an unlucky day. So we have Friday the 13th. Saturday, we have a shooting in Buffalo, New York, which got all the headlines. It gobbled all of the headlines up. And 13 people were shot. And then on Sunday, we have the lunar eclipse, or what they're calling the scarlet eclipse, the scarlet moon. They also have other names for it, the flower moon and the corn moon. We might refer to it as the blood moon or the harvest moon. Now, I don't have to tell you, if you've listened to this show, that to refer to this lunar eclipse last night as the corn moon is very, very significant considering all of the other corn-related symbology, all of the other corn-related sigil work that we've seen in the last seven to ten days. Remember that sigil that popped up in Ukraine and that made the news and the Russians were saying that the Ukrainians were using black magic? We looked at that symbol here on The Secret Teachings last Monday. And what you have in this symbol is essentially a circle with an X through it, and then you have a series of symbols in the different quadrants of the X. Now, the base of that symbol, the circle with the X through it, is the seal of Jupiter or Zeus. It's a symbol that means victory. That's what Jupiter represents. It means power. It could represent lightning, just like the Zs on those Russian tanks. I'm not going to get into the details of this, but as a brief recap, the basis of that symbol is also found in demonology. In demonology, there's a demon named Dikarabia. And Dikarabia is the demon of herbs and plants. Dikarabia also communicates and is a, is a great communicator with birds, which is interesting because when you look at the sigil, it's filled with serpents, and there's a symbol in there that is both a ruin, a ruin called Kano, which means to open, and Kinaz, which is a strength and protection and fire and victory ruin, just like the Sigil, which is another ruin up in the top left corner. Power, victory, lightning. But that one ruin called Kinaz or Kanu, Kano is, is also called Ku in ancient China. And it kind of looks like a bird's beak. And to have the bird and the serpent represented in the same symbol you have something that is very, very sacred. The hawk and the serpent. Horus and Typhon. Apollo and the python. And it goes on and on and on. 
And the coup is a form of ancient black magic in China using serpents. So you have the serpent, you have the bird, and then underneath of this symbol, which again is the seal of Jupiter, it's the seal of Dicarabia, and it's the seal of the spirit Basu Troy Kornes in voodoo tradition. And this Loa, spirit, is a protector in times of war. And this symbol was painted onto the side of an artillery base in Ukraine. Underneath of it is the word Zayan. Zayan is a Hebrew word that means sword. Sword and serpent. Combine the two like the colors blue and yellow and you get green, you get alchemy. The sword and the serpent draw down the involution and then evolve upward the spirit. Alchemy, perfection, transmutation. And the word Zayan is also the main protein found in corn. So you find the main protein found in corn. Ukraine is a major producer of, of grains and, and, and various crops because of things like sanctions and blockades and obviously Ukraine keeping a lot of the food for themselves now and, and cutting down on exports. Basically, we're seeing the, world, the world's food supply for the foreseeable future limited. And whether it's artificial or not is not really the point. The point is when you have the sword and you have the serpent and the bird and you have, well, Zayan is the seventh letter of the Hebrew alphabet. The number seven is the head. So you have the sword and the head, decapitation. And decapitation in regards to grains, in regards to crops, is an ancient ritual in Mesoamerica. They would kill the maize god in the fall, drink his blood, eat his flesh. That would be your wine and your bread, essentially. And then he would be reborn in the springtime, just like Christ. It's exactly the same thing. If you don't like it, don't listen. It's exactly the same thing. And this time it feels like we're decapitating the grain god in the spring rather than the fall, setting us up for what could amount to well, global starvation, hundreds of millions of people, according to, to the UN now, are going to starve just because of lockdowns. And we're seeing more and more people thrust into poverty and thrust into, in, into starvation, even though there's plenty of food in the world. So corn, Zayans, corn. And the spirit, Basu Troy, corn is, the name corn is, is, in, is in, the, in the name. And this moon on Sunday is called the corn moon. Not only is it called the corn moon, but they're referring to it as the scarlet moon. When I heard that, all I could think of is uh, the new Doctor Strange movie. The new Doctor Strange movie with the Scarlet Witch. And I also had a friend of mine text me, and he mentioned to me, because I don't, I don't keep up with a lot of uh, you know, superhero stuff, but uh, Derek, who was on the show last week, he said that the, the, the Moon Knight comic book for Moon Knight, the Moon Knight finale uh, of the TV show just aired, and they unveiled a new superhero called the Scarlet Scarab. Scarab is also a symbol of the sun. So it's the Scarlet Sun, the Red Sun. And uh, apparently this, like in Moon Knight, uh, they get their power from being a vessel for an Egyptian god, just like Moon Knight. And that's what the drawing down of the moon ceremony is really all about. It's about being a vessel for the energy, for the spirit, for the essence of the moon. Drawing down the moon. Drawing down the scarlet moon, drawing down the blood moon, the harvest moon. 
And that's the thing about, about the scarlet moon, the red moon, the blood moon. A blood moon throughout history has indicated some form of calamity or some form of uh, sacrifice, whether one that was demanded or one that was following such an event, kind of like a bad omen. And we saw prior to the blood moon, we saw what amounts to a very ritualistic sacrifice in Buffalo, New York. We saw 13 people shot. That's the official number. 13 people shot, 10 people dead, three people wounded. Now, I find it, and I always have found it, extremely interesting that throughout all the media, when there is an event that obtains all of the media's attention, it doesn't matter where the event is, who was involved, who's being blamed. When there is a shooting like this, I have a stack that is probably almost 10 inches thick of news articles going back a decade, because I save everything I talk about on the show, where we can go back to mass shootings 10 years ago, or what are referred to as mass shootings, and you find, for some reason, the media will choose the number 3 and the number 13 to repeat over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And if you think about it for a minute, that's not coincidental. Especially when you read headlines like this. Not only did we have the Buffalo, New York shooting at the top supermarket, we had a news story out of St. Louis City where 13 people were shot this weekend. Another headline, according to the conversation, this is the headline, listen to this. More mass shootings are happening at grocery stores. 13% of shooters are motivated by racial hatred, criminologists find. So not only are 13% of shooters motivated by racial hatred, according to criminologists, 13 people were shot in St. Louis City, and 13 people were shot at the Topps supermarket. These are the big stories. You know, other people were shot elsewhere. There was a story of people being shot. There were four people, I believe, shot at an Orange County church. One person killed, four critically wounded. But that story didn't get a lot of attention over the weekend. The story that got a lot of attention was the Buffalo, New York shooting. Ten people dead, three people shot. Now, in the articles that I read, they said that the Topps grocery store, the Topps friendly market, was three miles from downtown. They said that the shooter, Peyton Gindron, 18 years old, pulled into the parking lot of the Topps at 2.30 p.m., and he decided to open fire in the parking lot before going into the store. So they broke down the series of events. Overall, 13 people shot, 10 dead, 3 wounded. The supermarket is 3 miles from downtown, and he started shooting in the parking lot where they broke down those 13 numbers into the parking lot shooting and then the store shooting. In the parking lot, he killed 3 people. This is all in mainstream news. They focus on 13 people shot, three people injured, but in the parking lot, three people were killed. It's three miles from downtown. 
And it goes on and on. And you might think, well, that's just what happened. There's no significance. There's no meaning behind this. This is what we would call number gymnastics. Our good friend uh, Kev Baker, who passed away a few months ago, he, he would call it number gymnastics, and which is certainly what a lot of people do. They do number gymnastics. But there's something about these numbers that are important, especially the number 13, because in, the, in terms of numerology and in terms of astrology, we're looking at a lunar eclipse and we're looking at a Friday the 13th, numbers, calendars, dates, times. 13 is a highly significant number. Not just because it's a number that many are superstitious of, but because 13 is a number of regeneration. And that's what we should be witnessing worldwide right now. We are approaching and entering into the planting season. But it seems that rather than the resurrection of the maize god or the corn god, the maize god or the corn god is being decapitated. The king is being killed in the spring. The king is not being resurrected in the spring. And we have a corn moon that comes right after this shooting of 13 people. 13 is resurrection and regeneration. 12 completes the cycle. 13 becomes 1. And 13 represents regeneration and a, a, a recycling of the set of numbers. So Friday the 13th, 13 people shot, and then a corn scarlet moon, not to mention the scarlet witch and the opening of, of, of various dimensional portals. I mean, this, this feels to me like some type of ceremonial ritual. It doesn't mean that the events don't happen. It doesn't mean that the eclipse wasn't real or Friday the 13th wasn't real, or that nobody died at the top supermarket. That's not what that means. It means that the, of all the shootings, that's the one that was focused on. That's the one where all the attention was directed. And it just so happens to align in a terrifyingly beautiful way with these other events. And it brings us the essence and the influences of that scarlet blood witch moon and it draws it down to earth. For what reason? Well, I'm not necessarily entirely sure. I'm just telling you what I see in the heavens. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's a lot more after this. You don't want to miss it. rdgable at yahoo.com, thesecretteachings.info. Please subscribe to our archive on the website. Grab a copy of one of my books and don't go anywhere. There's a lot more after this. The music tonight, White Bat Audio. You are hearing the sound between that which is above and that which is below. It's KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform, from Apple to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Search the name and start listening today for free. But if you want to avoid those annoying ads, head on over to thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to the ad-free archive. It's got old shows, new shows, and you can also download Ryan's digital books. Subscribe today. What are you waiting for? The end of the world? 
If you enjoy the secret teachings and want to hold years of my research in your hands, visit our website and grab physical and digital copies of my books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, theology, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. And food philosophy might just change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. Remember, shipping is always included with the books. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and get your copy today. The Secret Teachings is now on Gab and Getter. Search Ryan Gable on both to find the show or stick with The Secret Teachings in the Metaverse. People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now, the Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. Do you have everything you need to explore The Secret Teachings? I've got my secret socks on, and my secret TV, and my secret TV channel. Looks like SpongeBob's ready. Are you? Hey, this is John Peasy at JohnPeasy.com, and I'm here with Ryan Gable from The Secret Teaching. This is David Icke from DavidIcke.com, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Ryan Gable, your host, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio. The big story this weekend, a tops friendly market in Buffalo, New York, was the site of a shooting that left 10 people dead, three people injured, and many more frightened. Anytime there's a shooting like this, I always ask the question, what makes those 13 people that were shot, 10 killed, Obviously, it's tragic, but what makes those 13 people more important than all of the other people that die from things that are very preventable? I mean, everything from not wearing a seatbelt when you're driving your car, texting and driving, just little things like that that add up pretty quickly to more than a few people in a year, which is pretty much how many people are killed in mass shootings. It's a handful of people. It's not a lot of people. More people, by the end of this show, more people will have died or within an hour or two hours of after this show. It's, 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 it's every hour if you break it down. You're looking at hundreds of people throughout a single day that die of things that are incredibly preventable. 
like, well, I know a lot of people don't want to hear it, but heart disease. Heart disease. About 66 people an hour die of heart disease that is preventable and treatable. Every single hour. During the hour of that shooting, 66 more people died of a preventable disease that they chose to not prevent by lifestyle and by diet. That's not me ranting to you. That's not me lecturing you. I'm just asking the question, what makes the people that are shot and killed, no matter how tragic these incidences are, what makes this incident so important What makes these 13 people so important that this is where we need to collectively turn our attention in society? That's all that I'm asking. I don't understand it. I also don't understand how Mao Zedong can kill 65 minimal million people and yet we're only concerned historically with how many people did Hitler kill. How Stalin can kill 30 million people And we're only concerned with how many people Hitler killed. I just don't understand it. I don't understand what the obsession is with small numbers in horrific events. Because, well, I mean, honestly, I I guess I get it. It's a tragic event. Nobody wants to go to the supermarket and think, this could be the last time I go to the supermarket. I might die today. Which is, it's almost ironic. I think it's almost ironic. It might be ironic. Because when you go to the supermarket... It's the average grocery cart that's killing us. And it's killing you whether you're in Buffalo, New York, or you're in California, or you're in Florida, or you're in Texas or Arizona, or you're up in North Dakota. The average trip to the grocery store is more deadly because of what you put and what you don't put in the cart than the possibility that you'll be shot by a crazed gunman. But this story is much deeper than that. 13 people shot, 10 killed, 3 wounded. The supermarket was 3 miles from downtown Buffalo. That's not something I looked up to be like, well, let's find some numbers here that are really cool to play around with. That's a number that was given to me in mainstream news. 3 people wounded, 13 people total, 3 miles from downtown. And of course... Three people were killed in the parking lot. So they chose to break this story down in all the articles I read. I read articles just to give you an idea. There's articles from NBC, USA Today. That's the big one I read. The headline, if you want the same article, 13 shot, 10 dead in racially motivated attack at a Buffalo supermarket. Now, what they don't tell you is the initial reports were they just assumed that it was racially motivated because 11 of the 13 people shot were black. That's why they assumed it was racially motivated. Now, not because of of what happened in Buffalo, but just think of it from this contextual perspective. If you go to Chinatown or Vietnamese, we had a Vietnamese town in uh, Orlando when I lived there. You go to Vietnamese town, you go to Chinatown, And you open fire. And you didn't necessarily go there specifically to kill Chinese people or Vietnamese people. You just opened fire in Chinatown. You'd probably kill a lot of Chinese people. But if you didn't go there intending to kill Chinese people, you just went there and you just snapped. 
and you had a gun and you started killing people, is that racially motivated? What classifies as a race-based crime or a a hate-filled and hate-motivated crime? Because ultimately, every crime is hateful. Whether someone vandalizes your car or somebody rapes you or somebody robs you, every action that is criminal is hateful. That's why, personally, I, I don't believe in hate crimes. I don't believe that there's anything like a hate crime. I believe there's statistics, and I believe that there is certainly a reason to break things down statistically and to try to figure out what is what is the source of of crimes being committed against this group or that group, or why is this one group committing more crimes than other groups. There's absolutely reason to break things down like that. But the problem is there there's no such thing as a hate crime otherwise. There's just crime, and crime is hateful. A shooting like this is hateful. Of course it's a hate crime. Somebody went into a grocery store. They were wearing tactical gear, and they opened fire, killing people in the parking lot and in the store. That's hateful, no matter what color the person's skin was who did the shooting, no matter what color the people were who were shot, no matter what their religion were, religions were. I mean, the, the funny thing is, let's say, this is a hypothetical. I'm just trying to get you to think. If there's 13 people shot in, in this Buffalo shooting, let's say for whatever reason, six of those 13 people, so not exactly half, but around half, six of those 13 people were, let's say they were, they were Muslim. Now, the media never reports that. Let's say you go and find that six of the victims were Muslim. Could you then say that it was a, a hateful attack on Muslims? Or does it have to be in a Muslim community for it to be a hate crime against a religion? I mean, Buffalo, New York has a lot of black folks that live there. I mean, Rochester, New York, where I lived, there's a lot of black folks that live there too. And in fact, I, I was just curious because the mainstream media was saying that this kid was racially motivated and there was no evidence or any proof of that. They just made an assumption based on the number of people who were shot of a certain color skin. I don't know why two white people were shot or two other non-black people were shot. That's a little confusing to me. If he was just targeting black people. So they quickly came up and found that he had posted a manifesto. And we're going to get into the manifesto here in a little bit. So he had posted a manifesto. That supposedly proves that he was motivated by race. Now, although there are a lot of people that live in the city of Buffalo, it's a, it's a much larger city than, uh, say, Rochester, New York, where, where I had lived. I don't know if I could say fortunately to have the experience or, or unfortunately. It was one of the most unpleasant places I've ever been in my life. I mean, you talk about misery and pain and suffering. That city is, is filled with, I mean, you've never seen the kinds of disorders that you find in Rochester, New York. Everybody there is like suicidal. It's, hor- it's a horrible place to live. Um, but they have a, a population that's just, it's, it's, it's a few thousand under Buffalo. So the population numbers are, are pretty similar. Buffalo is just spread out more. So based on square mileage, there, there's technically more people there that live in Buffalo. But what I found interesting was when I did the math, Buffalo has a black population that that comprises 36.53% of the overall pop. 
white people comprise 47.11% of the overall population. Now, the reason I did that, that little analysis, I researched it, I found out what's the percentage of black folks, what's the percentage of white folks, was because the shooter, Peyton Gendron, who came from, and at first they didn't release where he was from, Broome County, but he's from Conklin, New York. Conklin, New York, and again, this is just a thought experiment. Conklin, New York is three hours and 26 minutes. That's 208.2 miles from Buffalo, New York. That's a three hour and 26 minute drive. On the other hand, Rochester, New York, where I lived, is only two hours and 34 minutes, 168 miles. And Rochester actually has, by population percentage, has a higher percentage of black people living there. Of the whole population of Buffalo, 36.53% are black. In Rochester, 39.83%. Clearly, there's a larger population in Buffalo, but the percentage of people that live, that live in Rochester, a higher percentage are black. So the media reported that he traveled hours, and he did, from his hometown of Conklin. I believe that's where he's from. That's what I read. He traveled hours, the USA Today said, to Buffalo to a black neighborhood because, according to NBC News, this had the highest number of black people in his vicinity. Well, clearly, if you look at the numbers in Conklin, only 0.6% of the population there are black. 91.9% are white, so there aren't a lot of black folks there. But I found it weird that this kid would drive to Buffalo, which is an hour further than Rochester, when Rochester actually has a higher percentage of black folks living in the city. Thought experiment. It seems like, it feels like a little bit of a stretch. Why would he travel to Buffalo when Rochester is so much closer and there's a higher statistical percentage of black folks living there? I mean, why would you drive an hour out of your way. I mean, did this kid do really bad research? I mean, he was 18. Did this kid just think, well, Buffalo, I think, has more black people, so I'll go to, I'll go to Buffalo instead. And the media reported, this is a quote from NBC, that they're reporting that Buffalo has the, quote, highest number of black people in his, the shooter, Peyton Gendron's vicinity. So as part of our thought experiment tonight, it doesn't make a lot of sense why he would drive an hour out of his way to go to a city that has a population of black people, although they have a larger population, it is statistically smaller than Rochester, New York. You'd be guaranteed to find more black folks in Rochester. Why not go to Rochester? I don't understand the reasoning or how the authors of these articles, or if that comes from police, I don't understand how these people have jobs because it took me literally 60 seconds to find this information. How far is Conklin from Rochester? How far is Conklin from Buffalo? How many people live in Buffalo? How many people live in Rochester? It's very close to the same. There's a few more that live in Buffalo, but the percentage of black people is much higher in Rochester. So why not go to Rochester? I don't understand that. That's a big question that I had when I read this. I don't understand it. They say it was racially motivated and, and that this was a hate crime, although all crime is, is hateful. And then they started calling it violent extremism. And then it comes out that he has a 180-page document posted on May 12th on Google Docs, supposedly his manifesto. 
Now, they find this manifesto, and they are trying to verify it. They, some sources have said it's verified. Some sources have said they still can't verify it. When I first heard this story and I heard that this kid was live streaming the shooting, I immediately thought of Brenton Tarrant, the Christchurch shooter, and, and the person who actually told me about this shooting. That's the first thing I said to them. I said, well, it's just like Christchurch if, if he's streaming it. That was back in 2019, and it was in New Zealand. Now, Brenton Harrison Tarrant was supposedly a white supremacist. That's what we were told. And according to the manifesto of Peyton Gendron, the 18-year-old who opened fire in Buffalo, according to Peyton Gendron, it was Brenton Tarrant who was his biggest inspiration. His biggest inspiration. He studied Brenton Tarrant. He was also, you know, inspired by other shooters too. And uh, a bunch of names popped up in the media. Dylan Roof who killed nine people at a church in South Carolina in 2015. And they said, overall, this kid was motivated by the great replacement theory. Now, for those of you who don't know what the great replacement theory is, I could tell you and or I could read what NBC and the mainstream media is calling the great replacement theory. Let me tell you what my definition of it is. The great replacement theory has unfortunately become a, a talking point of the of the right. It's basically the idea that Americans, which are predominantly white, so obviously it's it's white Americans, but Americans in general are being replaced with immigrants. And the intention behind the replacement is to replace certain groups of voters with compliant drones essentially that don't ask questions but continue to vote one specific way as long as they continue to get their welfare checks. Now, clearly that, for those of you who know history, is the cornerstone of the Democratic Party, taking people from Ellis Island, making them vote Democrat, keeping them in the slums, and building the ghettos that we, we famously know today. That's the Democratic Party for you. That's what they did. Now, NBC says the Great Replacement Theory is a false idea. I don't know how an idea can be false, but it's a false idea that a cabal is attempting to replace white Americans with non-white people through immigration, interracial marriage, and eventually violence. That's how NBC describes the Great Replacement Theory. Others go further and say that the Great Replacement Theory, for those who believe it, it's not a theory, of course, but the Great Replacement is a Jewish conspiracy. I don't know what that means. I've never come across anybody who believes that there's a Jewish conspiracy to replace Americans with immigrants. I, I, do, I don't know where they get this stuff from. I think they, they literally just make it up because the more names, religions, and oppressed groups you can throw into the mix, the better it's going to sound, the more scary it's going to sound, and the more reason to listen to the authorities who then tell you like Kathy Hochul did, you know, the governor of New York, that we need to use this event for stricter gun control. We need to use this event to lock down and to shut down people from speaking on social media. That's what Kathy Hochul said. 
social media has manifested this kind of evil, this kind of hatred. I mean, there's not a lot of talk to shut down social media before Elon Musk wants to buy the biggest social media company in the world. Just when he decides he wants to do that, now we all we have to make sure that social media is uh, monitored because social media is dangerous. Now, like, I lived in New York, and if you live out in the country, people do have guns. If you live out in the country, people hunt. You know, it's not like uh, living in a big city. But, but generally speaking, um, guns are a lot more difficult to obtain in New York. They have pretty strict uh, gun control in the state of New York, like in California. Uh, that's going to change when the Supreme Court overturns, uh, overturns some of those gun laws in New York and California coming up probably by the end of this year. Wait till, you know, the, wait till the protesters learn that it's not just abortion. It's going to be uh, gun rights that are going to be opened up across the country. But nevertheless, Kathy Hochul said that uh, we need to shut down social media from being able to spread this kind of hatred. And she says that we need to use this as an opportunity to restrict guns. She also said, and this is a quote, as a leader of the state of New York, I also have a responsibility to make sure we protect people with respect to guns. We have some of the toughest laws in America on the books here, but the guns are coming in from other states or the enhanced magazine, which is exactly what happened here, the high-capacity magazine that led to the slaughter of people in my hometown. A very, very political statement. But, you know, I think that statement also is, is like an Auroboros. It eats itself. Because whether you ban guns or you make guns you know, harder to access in a state people that are going to commit crimes like this are going to commit crimes regardless if the guns are legal or illegal. They're going to bring them from the outside or they're going to, sometimes they, they, have the, you know, they print them themselves nowadays. Uh, people steal guns from people that legally have guns. That's what criminals do. That's what people who break the law do. It doesn't matter if you have strict gun control laws. So, of course, politicians are jumping on this as an opportunity to, well, restrict access to guns. Politicians are jumping on this as an excuse to further censor and restrict free speech on social media. Because who ultimately determines what exactly is hateful? What's hateful? You know, what exactly is hate speech? Well, we need to leave that up to Governor Hochul to decide. We need to leave that up to CNN to decide. Leave that up to the arbiters on Twitter or Facebook to decide. They're the ones that are well-versed in wise practices and they can determine whether my speech is offensive or not so that's what i find disturbing about this and i also find it disturbing when people like Hochul and others usually on the left will claim that for the right to suggest that there are drugs involved in these shootings is to exploit the event for political reasons when that's what Kathy Hochul and that's what so many other politicians did and continue to do when these types of things happen. But when 1,600 people dropped dead in the United States yesterday and 66 people have died since the start of this show from totally reversible, totally preventable heart disease, nobody has a vigil. Nobody holds a press conference. You know who a lot of those people dying are a lot of those people dying are, are black Americans. That's who's dying. 
A large percentage of the people that are dying from heart disease are black Americans. It's also the leading cause of death for all Americans. White, black, doesn't matter. Where's the press conference? Where's the vigil for that? Why are the 13 people shot dead in, or the 13 people shot, 10 people dead, three shot and injured? Why are those people more important? Why do their lives matter more than some of these other stories? 13 people were also shot in violence in St. Louis City over the weekend. There was another shooting. I didn't see this one until this morning. There was another shooting in Orange County at a church. And that shooting left four people injured, one person dead from what I read. But I didn't get a chance to really investigate it much because there's not a lot of information on it. All the attention is focused on Buffalo. And it makes me start to think, when I read the articles that say, 13 shot, 10 dead, 3 wounded. And the market was 3 miles from downtown. And the shooter started in the parking lot and killed 3 people there. My initial reaction is, what was Friday? What was the day before this shooting in Buffalo? It was Friday the 13th. And what was Sunday, the day after the shooting? It was the lunar eclipse. And the lunar eclipse was known as the scarlet moon or the blood moon. Scarlet, red, blood, blood moon, sacrifice. It's also known as the harvest moon. We're entering into the planting season. And the harvest Think of the harvest moon. We'll get that at the end of the year. We'll get that coming up around harvest season. But I find it interesting that a blood moon, a harvest moon, a scarlet moon, whatever you want to call it, it was actually referred to, if you look up scarlet moon, they're calling it the flower moon or the corn moon. It's interesting how it relates to that sigil in Ukraine we talked about last Monday and how the word corn comes up again. And what's one thing that a lot of people are doing on the weekend? They're going to movies. A lot of people are going during the week, and they're going to movies, and they're seeing the big blockbuster. What is the big blockbuster? Doctor Strange. The multiverse. And what are they doing while they're watching Doctor Strange? They're being shown the Dark Hold. They're being shown witchcraft. And they're being shown Wanda as the Scarlet Witch, hunting down a child to take her powers to sacrifice her so that she can get what she wants from the dark forces. She's chasing a child in multiple universes and dreamlike states. She dreamwalks to do that. Literally, the story of Lilith in Mesopotamia and Babylon, who steals the souls of children in their sleep, typically appearing as an owl, making the children laugh, The superstition was, if a child laughs in their sleep, wake them up because Lilith is there to steal their soul, drink their blood, consume them. That's what people are being shown in the new Doctor Strange movie, the Scarlet Witch. The Scarlet Witch, while they're sitting there eating popcorn. It's like a ritual. Dim lights, candles, get that movie theater smell, the salt from the popcorn air and earth, drinking your soda, your liquid, your water, loud sounds and the explosions and the ripping open of dimensional portals, multiverses, 
flaming fire. I mean, you've got the elements and you're sitting there eating the sacrament, the popcorn, the grain, while you're watching this movie and participating in the ceremony and the ritual, opening that doorway, that gateway to another world. Corn, the corn moon, the scarlet moon, the blood moon. Friday the 13th, 13 people shot. On Saturday, 13 more people shot on Sunday. Similar story, but not as attentive the media is. Uh, is. And then Sunday, the, the moon. And all of this comes together in a period of 72 hours, three days. 13 is regeneration, rebirth. The killing of the king ceremony that takes place during the harvest moon, the harvest festival, seems to be taking place now. In the springtime, during the planting season, cutting off the head, cutting off the king's head, sacrificing the king, the king kill ritual, and drawing down the influences of the scarlet witch moon, the red moon, the corn moon. That's what I see. What do you see? rdgable at yahoo.com. TheSecretTeachings.info. Please subscribe to the show. Grab a copy of one of the books. Leave us a review. Some people are really nasty in their reviews and they say really nasty stuff. If you like the show, please leave us a review. Say something nice. Let other people know what you think of the show and stay with us. We'll be back. The Secret Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform from Apple and Spreaker to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Also available as TST Weekends, our one-hour Saturday morning show. Search the show name and start listening today for free. And if you want to avoid those annoying ads, visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to our ad-free archive with some of our older shows included. You'll get a private RSS feed and access to the Montage Archive and my digital books. Subscribe today or listen to the free show archive at thesecretteachings.info. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, grab a physical and digital copy of his books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. Visit thesecretteachings.info. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. 
People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. This is David John Oates from reversespeech.com. You are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. This transmission is coming to you from the space between heaven and hell. It's KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Welcome back to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you so much for tuning in this morning, this afternoon, tonight, whenever and wherever you are listening around the world as we broadcast Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Find our show archive anywhere you listen to radio shows and podcasts or visit our website. You'll find the archive there with links to those other podcasts and radio players. And here's the bottom line. Here's the deal. Our show is supported by listeners like you. We have been for over 10 years. If you like what you hear, leave us a review on one of those radio and podcast players. Please, if you like the show, go leave that review because there are people that really hate what we do and for some reason think that we're these horrible anti-Christians or we're horrible pro-Christians. That seems to be the big common theme right now. People think I'm a Christian or I'm not a Christian, so that's reason not to listen and to leave really nasty reviews on podcast players. Other people think I'm anti-Jewish. I don't even know what that means. So if you enjoy the show, you like what we have to talk about, take just a moment. It doesn't cost you anything except maybe 30 seconds, and go leave a review on one of those podcast radio players, especially Apple. That's the big one. Leave us a review. Give us a couple of stars. Maybe you like the show, you just think we're worth four stars. Leave us four stars, but let us know what you think. I I really want feedback from all the great listeners who email me all the time with wonderful things to say. Please translate that into Apple or any other podcast player, but but Apple's the big one. So I'd really, really appreciate that. If you'd like to contact us, rdgable at yahoo.com. And if you'd like to get access to all of our shows without those monetized ads, I just throw the ads in there randomly. It's through Spreaker. You can get my archive without those ads, access to the digital books, access the ones I wrote, access to our montage archive, early access to the show when it's pre-recorded, and you will get a private RSS feed so that you can plug it into your podcast radio player and listen to the secret teachings that way and not have to deal with those monetized advertisements. www.thesecretteachings.info That's www.thesecretteachings.info Tonight, we are understanding, we are standing under, quite literally, 
the drawing down of the scarlet moon, the drawing down of the corn moon, the drawing down of the blood moon. The drawing down of the moon is a ceremony or a ritual in which the goddess is drawn down into the, the usually the female participant in a witch's coven. Now, contrary to what a lot of Christians will immediately think, I don't see this as satanic, I don't see this as evil. They're literally, Wiccans in particular, are literally just working within the confines of the laws of nature. Spring, summer, fall, winter. They're working within the four seasons, they're working with the four elements. I don't see in any way, shape, or form how that is satanic or how that is evil. So, for those of you who are Wiccan... Don't think that this is an assault on your Wiccan beliefs. But if you're a Christian, this is not an assault on Christianity either. It's simply an observation that Wiccans have this practice of drawing down the moon. And I believe that, at least that is what I'm calling it, I believe that's what's happening in the last 72 hours before tonight's broadcast. We've seen a real-life drawing down of the moon ceremony. A real-life drawing down of the moon ritual. And I have some evidence to back that up. Friday was the 13th. So already people are a little bit superstitious. Friday the 13th was followed by a shooting in Buffalo, New York that involved 13 people who were shot. 10 were killed. Three were wounded. The supermarket where it happened was three miles from downtown Buffalo Tops Friendly Market. It started at 2.30 p.m. when Peyton Gendron, 18 years old, drove into the Tops Supermarket parking lot and opened fire, initially killing three people and injuring one in the parking lot before going inside and shooting the rest of his victims. The media immediately said that it was racially motivated because 11 of the 13 people shot were black. Did they have any proof that it was racially motivated? No, they just saw that some people had black skin, some people had brown skin, so it must have been racially motivated because Peyton Gendron is white. That's what the media initially reported. Now, I don't hear into social media, but my fiance uses, I think it's Instagram, and she uses, she might use another one, I I know she uses Instagram. And she's usually got her finger on the pulse because she's scrolling through this thing and she's seen what you know her friends or other people are posting and saying. And immediately, immediately after this event, people were saying that it was, it was a hate crime. It was race-based. And she showed me one of these posts that went viral. It was about, I think it might, it might have been a picture from somebody's Twitter account, but it was about how you know some people believe that this, they're calling this, not white supremacy, they're calling this Tucker Carlson syndrome because people watch Tucker Carlson and then they decide to go shoot up supermarkets. I mean, anybody I've ever talked to who listens to Tucker Carlson is just, they just want their family and they want to be left alone and they believe in free speech. I, I don't know why people think that you're a white supremacist if that's what you want, but that's what was, at least that's what I saw through her social media. That's what was going on on social media. That's what people were saying. And I said to her, there's no, they've yet to show or provide any proof of that. And she said, I know, it's, it's like they just claim it, and then suddenly that's what happened. That's the narrative, and that's exactly what they did. 
The initial report was people got shot, people died. Some of them were black. This was, quote, racially motivated. The USA Today, racially motivated. A racially motivated attack at a Buffalo supermarket. Now, maybe it was racially motivated. But that's not the point. The point is, without any evidence or proof, the media just immediately said it's race, it's hatred, it's extremism, it's violence, and they, this guy didn't like black people. Without any proof or evidence, they make the claim, and then they don't have to walk it back. Because once the claim is made, then we start looking for evidence to support the claim. Because we're making not a theory, we're making a conclusion a final determination, and then we're going out and we're looking for the evidence to confirm that conclusion, which is what pharmaceutical companies do. It's what pretty much anybody in media, anybody in politics, they make an outrageous claim, and then they find evidence to support it, and it's riddled with fallacies and incorrect science. Everything that we interact with on a daily basis is just based, it seems like, on fallacy, uh, based on taking things out of context and based on that kind of, that's not even poor journal, that isn't even journalism, that's sensational, hysterical garbage. However, a 180-page document was posted on May 12th on Google Docs. And this document supposedly is a manifesto of the shooter. And the shooter in the manifesto, which... I've heard has been verified, hasn't been verified. The document claims that the suspect chose Buffalo because, this is NBC News, quote, it was the city with the highest number of black people in his vicinity. The shooter was from Conklin, New York. In order to get to Buffalo, the shooter had to drive three hours and 26 minutes. I looked it up on a map. That's 208.2 miles. Rochester, New York, which was north of him, was only two hours and 34 minutes, 168 miles. Rochester, New York, has a few less people overall than Buffalo, but there are a higher percentage of black folks in Rochester than in Buffalo. I looked it up in statistical databases, and I found that in Buffalo, 36.53% of the population are black. In Rochester, it's 3983 I did find another number at 41%. So either way you slice it, Rochester has a higher percentage of black folks. I might I mean, there might, there might technically be more black folks in Buffalo, but there's a higher percentage in Rochester. And Rochester is much, much closer to Conklin, New York, than Buffalo. So the question is, why did he choose to drive an hour out of his way when he could have gone to Rochester and done the same damage? Now, this manifesto is supposedly filled, and I'm going to quote this from NBC, filled with dozens of pages of anti-Semitic and racist memes, repeatedly citing the racist Great Replacement Conspiracy Theory. That's a mouthful. The racist Great Replacement Conspiracy Theory, frequently pushed by white supremacists, which falsely claims white people are being replaced in America, which I thought that was... That was the extreme version of the theory. But apparently, white people are being replaced in America as part of an elaborate Jewish conspiracy theory. The, the mouthful of these buzzwords 
racist, great replacement conspiracy theory frequently pushed by white supremacists, which falsely claims white people are being replaced in America as part of an elaborate Jewish conspiracy theory. If you were playing the drinking game, you would be toast by now. Try reading these articles and playing a drinking game. You won't make it. It also goes on to say that Gendron, the shooter, Peyton Gendron, was radicalized on 4chan while he was bored at the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic in early 2020. The document also claims critical race theory. How do they define critical race theory? Well, a recent right-wing talking point that has come to generally encompass teaching about race in school and NBC says, are you ready for it? Get ready to take another shot is also part of a Jewish plot and a reason to justify mass killings of Jews. They're literally just taking every buzzword, every supposedly apparently oppressed group, every word that invokes hatred and fear, and they're putting it into the article to get that click, to get that attention, to make this shooter, no matter how horrific his actions were, look like something other than what he really was, which I think is highly, highly disrespectful to the victims, and I think it's highly disrespectful to the people that consume this information because it's incredibly misleading. Critical race theory, I've never, ever, ever heard critical race theory is a Jewish plot. I I don't even know what that means. What do you mean it's a Jewish plot? Critical race theory is a Marxist plot, a divisive cultural tool to demean our history here in this country. Critical race theory teaches that black people are inherently oppressed, white people are inherently oppressors, and that now with that information, go fight amongst yourselves. It's cultural division. It's cultural Marxism. That's critical race theory. I don't know what it has to do with with Jews. And if it did have to do with Jews, this is what doesn't make any sense. If the manifesto of this kid promoted the great replacement theory and critical race theory. And NBC News says that the great replacement is a Jewish conspiracy and the critical race theory is a Jewish plot. Why did the kid not go kill Jews at at, at a temple? Why did he go to a neighborhood and kill black people at a tops three and a half hours from where he lived when he could have driven to Rochester much, much closer, which has a higher percentage of black people? And if you lived in Rochester, you know Monroe Avenue. If you drive up Monroe Avenue from downtown Rochester up towards Pittsford Plaza, halfway there, you find the Jewish community. It's all Jewish. And if you drive through there on Sunday, you see all the Jewish people walking around. And they're they're very I think they're mostly they're like Hasidic Jews. They're very, very traditional. They've got the hair. They've got the clothing. Why not go there? It's much closer than going to a supermarket in Buffalo and shooting 13 people, two of which were white. It doesn't make any sense. doesn't make any sense. It also doesn't make sense that in the manifesto, NBC says that Gendron repeatedly cited Brenton Tarrant, the mass shooter who killed 51 people and injured 40 at a Christchurch, or at, you know, the Christchurch in New Zealand in 2019 at the mosque. They say Brenton Tarrant was a white supremacist. He was the biggest influence The person who radicalized the shooter the most was the Christ Church terrorist, the Christ Church shooter. Now, that's interesting, I think, because if that's the case, once again, I'm asking questions here. 
if the Great Replacement is a theory about the United States, and it's a Jewish plot, I've never heard that, as is critical race theory a Jewish plot, never heard that before. That's according to NBC News. If they're Jewish plots, why not go kill Jewish people? Why go kill black people in a, in a supermarket an hour out of your way when there are there's a city like Rochester much closer with a higher statistical percentage of black folks? And if the Great Replacement Theory is just the United States, then how can you be inspired mostly from a guy who did shooting in New Zealand who supposedly was also influenced by the Great Replacement Theory? How can you be influenced and radicalized by somebody in another country, but the basis of your belief, the core of your belief, is about a great replacement theory in your own country that has nothing to do with New Zealand. And they said, in the article with NBC and all the other ones I read, it's not like a great, a great replacement theory is like Western civilization. It's not like the great replacement theory involves New Zealand. They specifically said it involves America. It's a plot in America. So what does that have to do with New Zealand? And if it's all Jewish run, why not go kill Jews instead of black people? These are the questions that I'm, I'm asking because I want to know what happened. And I want to know why these kinds of events, when they are reported on, the articles are littered with intentional usage of the same number. You read this article from the USA Today, one of the first ones to come out. Pure evil, 13-shot, racially motivated attack at Buffalo supermarket. They specifically identify from top, middle, and bottom, three people were shot on top of the 10 people who were killed. The shooting started at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time when the shooter opened fire in the parking lot, killing three people. The supermarket is about three miles north of downtown Buffalo. Three, three, three. Thirteen people shot. Thirteen people were also shot over the weekend. Not at a supermarket, but 13 people shot in St. Louis City. Number of people. One of the shootings started at 3 p.m. They felt the need to tell you in that article. Three, three, three. The Holy Trinity. Is there any meaning or purpose behind that number? Maybe it's just gymnastics. Until you fit together the sandwich bun of this horrific event on Saturday. That's the meat. That's the veggie burger. Friday is the bottom bun. Friday is the 13th. The middle on Saturday, day number two, of what I think is a ceremony or a ritual 13 people shot, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 13, 13, 13, all throughout the news. 13 is regeneration and rebirth. At the end of a cycle, things begin again. And then on Sunday, the lunar eclipse. The lunar eclipse that they're calling the scarlet moon or the blood moon, traditionally an omen one in which people would be sacrificed to, blood sacrifice, scarlet moon, blood moon. It is a sacrifice. The blood moon brings us the end of the three-day ceremony, the three-day ritual. This is from magical, esoteric, and occult 
angles, let's call them. And the lunar eclipse was called the corn moon. Corn, harvest, 13 is regeneration and rebirth. It is the killing of the king. That's the number of the killing of the king. We go through 12 signs of the zodiac. We go through 12 months, and then things are regenerated. 12 disciples, Jesus number 13, 13 regeneration, Jesus sacrificed, resurrected. The grain God, the maize God, the corn God is killed and then resurrected. 13 is regeneration and rebirth. The blood sacrifice, the blood spilt in order to charge the sigils. And the blood in black magic, blood is known because it's so sacred. I mean, to the Jews, to the Christians, blood is a sacred thing, which is why I never understood how Christians can eat bloody steaks because blood belongs to God. You're not supposed to consume blood. Or how, you know, some some Jews eat it. I don't understand how Jews and Christians can eat that when, I mean, there's a sacred covenant there. The blood belongs to God. You're supposed to pour the blood out. The blood is God's, but that's neither here nor there. But the blood is the, the life force, the life that is in our body, the blood. That's why they use the, the blood, the semen, and the breast milk, right? In those, in those weird Marina Abramovic, Aleister Crowley-derived rituals. Because the blood is the life force, the semen is the life seed, and the milk is the life nurturing substance. And that's a holy trinity there. Three. Regeneration, the killing of the king. That symbol that appeared in Ukraine we've been talking about, the word Zion. Zion's is a protein found in corn. Zion's is also the sword, or the number seven, the head. The sword and the head is decapitation. Decapitating the grain god in Mesoamerica was a very popular uh, myth, a very popular tradition, killing the grain god, and in some cultures, sprinkling the blood of a sacrificial victim on crops to ensure that they grow and can be harvested. So, blood sacrifice, decapitating the king, and with this symbol in Ukraine, everything points to a reversal of the killing of the king ceremony. Because the symbol or the sigil with all the snakes and the birds and, of course, Apollo and Python, of course, Horus and Typhon, all these symbols, and at the base of which is the seal of Jupiter, the Karabia, the demon, and the Loa, the spirit and voodoo, Bosa, Troy, Cornes, protector during war. You get the word corn. Zion's a protein found in corn. What are people doing right now in the movie theater, the big movie? Big movie is Doctor Strange, the multiverse. They're eating popcorn while they're watching that movie. What's in that movie? The Scarlet Witch, this moon, the Scarlet Moon, the blood moon. She's chasing literally a child through multiple dimensions to steal her power. That's Lilith, the demon of bloodlust in Babylon and ancient Mesopotamia. The demon of bloodlust who comes at night to steal the soul of a child and to drink the blood of the child. It was said that if a child is laughing, wake the child up because the demon's about to steal its soul. The blood moon, the scarlet moon, the scarlet witch, the corn moon, they're calling it. The capitation of the corn god, that normally takes place during harvest because you cut the crops down and then you drink the blood and eat the flesh of your God. You make your God into bread and into wine, and you drink of his blood and his flesh. It's, it's, it's an agricultural ritual 
and it's not unique to Christianity. And at this point, if you don't like that, then please don't listen to this show anymore. That's a historical fact. It's a historical fact. It is an agricultural ritual. Cut the crops down, kill the king, bread, wine, blood. There's a very various variations of it. But when you kill the king in springtime, then you set yourself up for chaos. And that is, that is what we've been showing in uh, two of the big movies in the theater right now, multiverses and chaos. Moving through those multiverses, the Scarlet Witch, I mean, the red woman was also in everything, everywhere, all at once. The black hole, the black donut, or the black uh, bagel. The bagel with everything they called it. That was a pit, kind of like that black pit that Ray was sucked into in Star Wars. It's darkness. It's the abyss. It's the ring of Saturn. It's Saturnistic. What happened on the day of Saturn? 13 people were shot. Three people were injured. Ten people died. They also specifically mentioned that three people were shot and killed in the parking lot, and the supermarket was three miles from downtown. So you have three. You have 13. Regeneration, rebirth. It's all about the corn. It's all about the grain. It's all about the blood moon of the scarlet moon. It's all about the Scarlet Witch. It's all about Lilith. It's all about the Red Lady, the Red Woman. Drawing down those influences of these forces in Wiccan practice, which I do not believe is evil. In Wiccan practice, the drawing down of the moon would be done with a coven. I mean, there's a variety of ways to do it, but the traditional version would be usually you have your man and your woman, you have your god and your goddess playing those parts. They draw down the influences of the moon into the woman Kind of like the the story of Delphi or the various oracles in Greece. I mean, in that case, she would huff fumes coming up from inside the earth, and she'd hallucinate, and then she would give uh, she would give uh, div- divination. And it's kind of similar; it's a little different, but you're drawing down the influences nonetheless, and you are allowing that energy that that spirit to flow through you. That's why the Russians put those Z's on those tanks. That's why. Somebody put this protective and also very dark symbol or sigil on the side of that artillery building in Ukraine. And it all relates to to swords and serpents, the Aleph in Hebrew. It it all relates to corn and grain, decapitating the head, decapitating the king, decapitating one of the major grain suppliers. It's the blood moon and the harvest moon that come in spring and in, 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 in fall. But reversing those so that the king is killed in the springtime. The corn moon, they're calling it, the scarlet moon, the scarlet witch opening dimensional portals, eating popcorn while you watch the movie about that. There's always a lot more going on than what we see on the surface. There's always a lot more going on than just what's reported by the media. And you're going to get that here in the secret teachings. There's also the mundane angle to all this. We're coming up on midterm elections and suddenly we've got racially motivated hate crimes perpetuated by white people who were tracked by the FBI and even though the FBI tracked him like so many others they did nothing about it and then it just confirms what the White House said months ago that white people are the biggest threat to national security seems like a little bit of predictive programming and self-fulfilled prophecy talk a little bit about that in the final segment tonight i'm ryan gable we're drawing down the scarlet corn blood moon tonight on the secret teachings there's more after this stay with us
Broadcasting from the edge of thought and consciousness, it's KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform, from Apple and Spreaker to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Also available is TST Weekends. Search the show name and start listening today for free. If you want to avoid those annoying ads, subscribe to our ad-free archive with our oldest shows, a private RSS feed, our montage archive, and Ryan's digital books. Visit thesecretteachings.info. People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. For a lot longer than most podcasts have been around, The Secret Teachings has been at the forefront of unique investigation into both the mundane and the extraordinary. Critical thought and controlled speculation allowed us to determine that the much-anticipated UAP report would be vague, unexplained, and would simply imply the need for defense against national security threats. We determined that sonic weapons were the cause of Havana Syndrome a full year before CNN acknowledged the same. We told you about the mind-controlled magic, sex slavery, and intellectual theft in the music industry long before Britney Spears spoke out about her conservatorship, and we've been removed from radio for refusing to censor our show over international child trafficking networks and sex cults long before Epstein didn't kill himself. This has been done with no budget, only your support, and a will to learn and succeed. And you can continue to be a part of The Secret Teachings journey as we broadcast Monday through Friday after lighting the void with Joe Roop, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. KTLK, digital broadcasting, The Fringe FM. I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio. Broadcasting five nights a week, check out our website at thesecretteachings.info. Shoot us an email at rdgable at yahoo.com. And find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash thesecretteachings, as well as Twitter, TST double underscore radio. That's TST underscore underscore radio on Twitter. My books are on our website as well. If you're interested in those books... I wrote them, edited them, published them myself, www.thesecretteachings.info. If you're interested in what we're talking about tonight, Occult Arcana or The Technological Elixir would both be books that I think you'd be very interested in because I talk a lot about these types of subjects in those books, but they're huge books 
550 to 600 pages each. So you get a lot of information jam-packed in them. You can also buy them in digital form, or when you subscribe to our full archive, you get all those digital books as part of your subscription. So find that on our website today if you'd like to support us and get access to the other content that we produce here on The Secret Teachings. In this final segment, I want to go back into the mundane. And I want to go back into the mundane because there's another angle to the Buffalo shooting and subsequent shootings in St. Louis City and Orange County. There's another angle to these shootings that is part of the zeitgeist, but it's not part of the zeitgeist that will be openly acknowledged. It just conveniently falls into place as if it were planned. That doesn't mean nobody was shot. That doesn't mean nobody died. Nobody even knows what a false flag is anymore. That doesn't mean nobody died, nobody was shot. What it means is it's a little bit convenient, wouldn't you say? Maybe you're asking how is it convenient. Well, when I heard of the shooting in Buffalo, I immediately thought of the National Strategy for Countering Domestic Terrorism. The National Strategy for Countering Domestic Terrorism, published in June 2021. This was one of the first things that Joe Biden, his handlers, did when he was introduced into the White House, when he was sworn in. This is one of the first things that the White House put together and published. It involved a strategy organized around four pillars. Those four pillars, I said at the time, were very similar to the four olds of communist China, getting rid of old ideas, old habits, old customs, and old culture. All of those things are certainly being wiped away from our memories and our daily lives. We're not allowed to have ideas. We're not allowed to have our habits. We have to conform to whatever it is that the state wants us to conform to, day by day, moment by moment. It could change at any time. We have to conform to new customs, and we have to conform to a new culture because our culture is all these horrible things. Now, the whole point of this national strategy for countering domestic terrorism was to isolate a singular group, a singular group of people, and blame them for all the bad things that are happening. It also goes into detail about domestic terrorism throughout U.S. history. In the introduction, I find it interesting if you read this strategy, they call it, from the White House. It refers to, after the Civil War, how the Ku Klux Klan waged a campaign of terror to intimidate black voters and their white supporters and deprive them of political power, killing and injuring untold numbers of Americans. And I said since the very beginning that the Marxist BLM is essentially an extension of the Ku Klux Klan. They just don't put on white robes, they put on black robes. They essentially put on blackface. And what they do is what the Ku Klux Klan used to do. They terrorized black people and white people, including, well, a majority of the population who didn't necessarily support slavery or any kind of oppression of other people, slavery or not. So BLM did a little bit of what the Ku Klux Klan did. They terrorized black people for not being part of their group, and they terrorized white people, especially white people. It's just a new tactic. It's a new form of the Klan, wearing blackface this time. They also mention, 
One of the largest single acts of domestic terrorism in U.S. history, of course, Oklahoma City. The bombing, which took place during the burning season of Walpurgis back in 1995. And they can somehow, with a straight face in this White House paper, claim that this is when an anti-government violent extremist detonated a bomb at the Alfred P. Murrah Federal Building in Oklahoma City, killing 168 people, including 19 children and injuring hundreds of others. They can say that with a straight face when the FBI was intimately, incestually involved in that plot. They name a number of others as well, but that's not really the point. I just wanted to give you an idea of what this threat analysis from the White House in June of 2021 is really all about. If you read through it, they talk about something called DVEs, domestic violent extremism, and they say that DVEs have been amplified by people who believe that there was fraud in the general election, and they specifically say the recent general election, because, of course, if you go back to 2016, the Democrats claim that Donald Trump didn't actually win. Russia was behind that victory, and so... Obviously, it's not that election. It's just the recent election. It also says the emboldening impact of the violent breach of the U.S. Capitol. Yes, the violent breach of people walking in without guns into the Capitol. Whether it was legal or illegal, that's, that's not necessarily the point. But to call it an insurrection, an insurrection is when you actively are engaged using guns or explosives or whatever in killing government officials and overthrowing the government. That's an insurrection. By definition, it's using violence and you know guns, knives, whatever you have. If people were really choosing to go to the Capitol to, well, perform an insurrection, they probably would have bought, brought weapons with them, I would think. I guess they consider American flags to be weapons when the people that are in Congress aren't actually Americans, so I guess that would make more sense. But it also says the conditions related to the COVID-19 pandemic have exacerbated DVEs, and of course, conspiracy theories have also exacerbated Domestic violent extremism. That's supposedly behind the motivation of Peyton Gindren, who opened fire at the Buffalo supermarket, that he was inspired on 4chan by other domestic violent extremists because he was, quote, bored at the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic. I mean, read a book. I don't know. What is this 4chan, 8chan stuff? I don't really understand that crap. But the article, and I say article because it's, a, it's, a, it's an article, it's a piece of information, this article from the White House, their strategy for countering domestic terrorism, I've got a copy of it right here, their threat assessment. It goes on to say that there's a specific kind of person with a certain form of ideological beliefs in the United States. This assessment identifies those who, quote, this is a quote from the White House, promote the superiority of the white race. The White House identified white people as the biggest threat to national security. Attorney General Merrick Garland, on June 15th of 2021, the month that that assessment was published June 2021 from an earlier March assessment. When that strategy was published in June, Attorney General Merrick Garland got up at a press conference and said, according to an unclassified summary of the March intelligence assessment, 
the two most lethal elements of the domestic violence extremism or extremist threat are racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists and militia violent extremists. In the FBI's view, the top domestic extremist threat comes from racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists, specifically those who advocated for the superiority of the white race. Did you hear that? The White House also published a article, kind of like a little press briefing, where they broke down this new threat assessment, this new analysis, referring to four pillars, which are literally the four pillars of communism, the four olds, in theme, like the three red banners of the Biden administration, the three red banners of communist China, build a socialist state, build a better communist state, build back better from the old nationalist world. And it goes into the details of that. So white people are the biggest threat to national security. So when this shooter opened fire in Buffalo, New York, over the weekend and killed 10 people, leaving three people wounded, the media immediately, the USA Today, one of the earlier articles on the subject, a copy of it I have right here, pure evil, that's a quote, pure evil, they took that quote uh, from one of the uh, sheriffs, I think it was Erie County Sheriff John Garcia, this was pure evil, he said, it was straight up racially motivated hate crime from somebody outside of our community, 13 shot, 10 dead, they said it was a hate crime immediately was racially motivated immediately. But I have, a, I have a thought, and I want to share that thought with you. My thought is, and it's a little experiment for everybody, how do you know it's racially motivated if you don't know the motivation of the shooter? Might sound like an obvious question. Let me rephrase it. If the shooter goes into the supermarket or anywhere and just opens fire and kills a bunch of people, whether they're black, white, green, purple, red, yellow. I mean, Tops is, is in my opinion, kind of a low-end supermarket. It's a general market where every, you know, anybody can go regardless of your income. It's not like Whole Foods. So he equally could have been motivated by his hatred for poorer people. Could he not have? He could have been motivated by his, his hatred of uh, the city of Buffalo. I mean, I hated Rochester. I didn't want to kill people. But, <laughs> but you know, I hated the city of Rochester. It made me pretty gloomy. I mean, Buffalo's kind of the same way. Maybe he was motivated by just how dreary, you know, upstate New York is. I don't know. Just it's some spitballing here. He could have been motivated by anything. You don't know what his motivation was. So how can you say it's racially motivated instantly after it happens? The answer to that is obvious. You can't unless you're framing the narrative. See, this guy is a young 18-year-old white person. So he's an easy target. Even if everything that happened is real. And I think it's obviously real. However, the media can take it and they can craft it as the fourth pillar of government. They can craft it to align with the status quo and the narrative of the state. White people are a threat and they are hunting down to murder and torture and lynch black people. Now, since you can't actually find cases of that happening because Bubba Wallace was not an actual victim of hate crime. That was a rope to pull down a garage door in a NASCAR garage. And because Jesse Smollett, or uh, as Dave Chappelle said, <laughs> Jesse Smollett, the French actor, the Smollett, Jesse Smollett lied about being lynched and had having bleach poured on him or you know whatnot at 
what was that? Three thirty in the morning, eating a sandwich in like negative fifty degree weather in Chicago. Sure. And as Dave Chappelle said, he said they, the black community was, you know, they they got they, the black community was at you know at arms with the gay community and was fighting each other. He's like, but they didn't understand the black community knew that this guy was clearly lying, <laughs> clearly lying. He was clearly lying. He was found he was found guilty of making up and fabricating the hate crime. There's still people walking around right now who actually think that that was an actual hate crime. It wasn't a hate crime. It was made up, just like the Bubba Wallace story. Totally made up. They have to make them up because there aren't actually hate crimes anymore. Well, except for all the other crimes, because every crime is, 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 is hateful. If you rob somebody, rape somebody, beat somebody up, I mean, it's all hateful. Now, there's a reason to break it down and find out why is this one group of people committing more crimes than another group of people? Why is this one group of people the victim of more crimes than another group of people? There's something to be said about that. That's what the Department of Justice, that's what the Federal Bureau of Investigation does. They break down those numbers. And here's what they give us. When you look at patterns and trends, this is according to the U.S. Department of Justice. And you can find these reports going back to 2011, 2018. Uh, when they put these things out, it's, it's you, whether you're looking at one from last year, five, six years ago, they're, they're almost all the same. Very, very statistically equal. The major difference is crime overall has declined greatly in the last 30, 40 years. Violent crime has declined immensely in the last 20 years, 30 years. So crime overall is down. Violent crime overall is down. And then when you do see crimes that spike, like crimes against you know Asian folks, for example, uh, the statistics of crimes against Asian folks, yes, there might be a jump in cases, but about 278, I believe, was the last number. 278 people, roughly, who are Asian, by whatever classification, are the victim of hate crimes every year. That's not a lot of people. It doesn't mean that they should be the victim of hate crimes. Think logically for a second. It just means when there's like, oh, there's a 40% jump in Asian-related hate crimes. A 40% jump in a small number of crimes is not as big as you know something like, I don't know, fentanyl overdoses, where you're looking at tens of thousands. You know, it's not a good thing to keep it real simple, but it's also not the kind of crisis that the media makes it. And it's also strange that a lot of the Asian people that have been victims of those kinds of crimes have been attacked by black folks, particularly in major cities like New York. And the media never addresses that virtually every one of those Asian hate crimes was perpetrated by a black person. Now, you hear that, maybe you think, well, Ryan doesn't like black people. I don't know why you think that. That's not what I said. I said most of the people attacking those Asian folks in major cities like New York are black people. I mean, the guy that drove his car through the parade or whatever it was during Christmas was so black, they had to literally airbrush him to make him look whiter. That's how black the guy was. They had to airbrush him to make him look like a white person when he was a very black man with dreadlocks. Anytime a black person kills a child, anytime a black person runs their car through uh, an audience of people, anytime a black person commits a crime, the media doesn't care about it. The media only cares when a young white person decides to take a gun and kill some people. Provoked, unprovoked, 4chan, no 4chan, it's always the same. But here's what the statistical data shows you. The homicide rate for blacks on average is six times higher than the rate for whites. Black people are the victims of homicide at a rate six times that of white people. 
the offending rate for black people in terms of crime was seven times higher than that of white people. So at least on the surface, you could understand if there's any such thing as profiling, I'm not saying racially profiling is is right. I'm saying logically, if black folks are committing far more crimes than white people, you could understand why there might be more attention on black communities. But that actually is where the attention isn't, and that's where the attention should be, because when you look at the data, this is the most astounding number. Of all the white people that are killed and all the black people that are killed in this country from the 1980s until they compiled all those numbers in the last 10 years, this was back in like 2008, 2009, of all the people over that 30-year period, 84% of white victims were killed not by black people, not by Asian people, not by Mexican people, not by Republicans or Democrats. They were killed by other white people. And the number for black folks is even higher. From 1980 through the early to mid-2000, 2010s, 93% of black people who died of these kinds of of crimes, of murder, of homicide, 93% were murdered by other black people. So the biggest threat to black people in terms of violent crime is other black people. Statistically, And realistically, 93% of black people, this is according to official federal data. And I love the people that are like, well, they make that data look like that because they want to cover up that white people are actually killing black people. Do you listen to yourself talk? You look at yourself in the mirror and listen to the words that are coming out of your mouth. 93% of black people that are murdered are murdered by other black people. 84% of white people are murdered by other white people. And it's a similar statistic for every other race. It's intraracial, Asian, Asian, Mexican, Mexican. Black, black, white, white. That's how it is. That's that's reality. It's not white people hunting down black people and lynching them. Those are fake stories like Bubba Wallace and Jesse Smollett or Jesse Smollett, as Dave Chappelle said. Black people are killed by other black people. One of the next leading causes of death for black folks is abortion. One of the next leading causes of death for black folks is poor diets and lifestyle being kept in conditions that are expedient for political reasons. Think about that. That's seriously, that's what kills black people. Heart disease and diabetes, abortion, and black-on-black crime. Exemplified by Will Smith slapping Chris Rock or that crazy nut job, black so-called rapper who tackled Dave Chappelle on stage. It's black-on-black crime, horrible diets, which kill everybody, regardless of your skin color, and abortion. That's why I don't understand how people are saying that Roe versus Wade being overturned, it's going to harm Black people, actually 100% the opposite. It'll actually save black people. In fact, having a federal abortion grant overturned will probably save more black people. Why? Because, well, black women comprise about 7% of the entire population and account for about 30% of all abortions. That's a lot of abortions when you think 7% of the whole population and not every single black lady is pregnant all the time. It's a smaller percentage that are pregnant. And they account for a third, it's 30 to 40% of all abortion. That's a hell of a lot of babies being sucked out of their black mamas. Nobody cares about that, though. It's just the white, crazy, lone gunman that goes into a supermarket and kills two white people as well. 
It had to have been racially motivated. That's how they started out. And then they go on to say, based on his manifesto, he was motivated by the great replacement theory and motivated by Brenton Tarrant, the white supremacist who killed 51 people, injured 40 in 2019 at the Christchurch in New Zealand. When I saw that, I thought, how, how do those two things relate? He might have been inspired by him, but these press reports, these media reports, these news articles I'm reading, they're saying Britton Tarrant was a believer in the Great Replacement Theory. How can he be a believer in the Great Replacement Theory? He's in New Zealand. And as far as NBC knows, uh, thinks or believes, they say, and this is, this is a quote, the manifesto includes dozens of pages, and they don't actually have proper grammar here, so it just says dozens of pages anti-Semitic, not dozens of pages of anti-Semitic. It should say of. Of anti-Semitic and racist memes, repeatedly citing the racist great, listen to just the mouthful, the racist great replacement conspiracy theory frequently pushed by white supremacists, which falsely claims white people are being replaced in America as part of an elaborate Jewish conspiracy theory. I don't know where that came from. Other memes use tropes and discredited data to denigrate the intelligence of non-white people. I don't know what that has to do with the Jewish conspiracy. But hold on a second, there's more. The document also claims critical race theory, recent right-wing talking point that has come to generally encompass teaching about race in school, part of a Jewish plot, and a reason to justify mass killings of Jews. I've never heard that before. I have no idea what they're talking about. But that's how NBC defines the Great Replacement and critical race theory. And they said these are the things that inspired this kid. But they said great replacement theory is a theory of replacing Americans, not New Zealanders. So how can this kid be inspired by Brenton Tarrant, who was a white supremacist who believed in the great replacement theory, if he did his shooting in New Zealand? It's not like the Western world and New Zealand. It's just America. And yet this guy also believed in the great replacement theory in New Zealand. Sounds like a stretch to me. But it gets weirder because... NBC says it's a Jewish conspiracy. It's a Jewish plot. If that's the case, why did this kid not go kill Jewish people? Where I lived in Rochester, New York, right right on Monroe Avenue there, for those of you who know Rochester, there's a whole Jewish community right there. Why didn't he just drive to Monroe? Go to any Jewish center. Why did he drive an hour out of his way, an additional 40-something miles, to go to Buffalo, when, yes, although they have a, You've got like 30,000, 40,000 more people living there than in Rochester, but it's a much bigger, sprawling city than Rochester. The population of black folks in Buffalo is 36.53%. The population of black folks in Rochester is 393 to 41%. There's a higher statistical number of black people in Rochester than Buffalo. And even if there's more people in Buffalo than Rochester, statistically, you'd be able to find more black folks in Rochester because of the lower population and the higher percentage of black folks. Why not drive to Rochester, which is two hours and 34 minutes, 168 miles? Why drive to Buffalo, which is three hours and 26 minutes, 208.2 miles? And I only bring that up because the media, the USA Today, NBC News, they said that this kid traveled to a black neighborhood in Buffalo, USA Today, and he traveled hours USA Today, to find, quote, according to NBC, the highest number of black people in his vicinity. Not true. Not even close to true. About an hour and about 40 miles away from being true. But that doesn't stop the media from manufacturing the hatred, from manufacturing the idea that, like the White House said, white people are the biggest threat to national security. Like the Attorney General Merrick Garland said, 
those who advocated for the superiority of their white race. This is where all the hatred and all the violence and all the crime is coming from. But they actually can't find those kinds of crimes. So you get Jesse Smollett, you get Bubba Wallace. You can't actually find those kinds of crimes. So if a white person does anything to a black person for any reason, it has to be racially motivated. It has to be hateful. But the bottom line is everything is that's a crime is hateful. Every crime is hateful. But if you want to break it down for whatever reason, you know, just try to figure out why some groups are more likely to commit crimes, why some are more likely to be victims, why Asian people are the least likely of any group to be the victim of any crime. White people, black people, white people and black people, break it down. White people, when they are killed, 83% of the time are killed by other white people. Black folks are killed 93% of the time. This is according to the U.S. Department of Justice, folks. 93% of blacks who are killed are killed by other black people. If you are a black person, your life is not being threatened by white people. If you are a white person, your life is not being threatened by black people. Your life is being threatened, if you're a black person, by the leading causes of death for black people. Intra-racial violence, black-on-black crime, Abortion, for which 7% of the population, black women, contribute to 30 to 40% of all abortions, and poor diets, and living in ghetto conditions that have become politically expedient to maintain as part of a modern-day political plantation. Those are the reasons that black people are threatened. And it all has to do, every single element, every single component of it, it all has to do whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're anything, with creating division and hatred among people, divisiveness, to keep people from recognizing, well, black people aren't my enemy, white people aren't my enemy. This white kid was crazy, shot 13 people. But that's not really, that's not really reality. That's a, a snapshot in time, a, 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 moving, a moving object that does not exemplify what is really truly a threat in our society. And it's amplified by the media. And 13 people shot on Saturday, right before that, Friday the 13th. On Sunday, the day after the shooting, and we had another shooting, by the way, 13, several shootings, 13 people shot in St. Louis, Missouri as well, St. Louis City, Missouri. May 13th, Friday the 13th, Buffalo shooting, 13 shot. They mentioned supermarkets three miles from downtown, three people are injured inside, three people shot and killed outside, three, 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 three. And Sunday gives us the scarlet moon, the lunar eclipse, the corn moon, in relation to that black magic sigil, the opening of something. Thirteen is the number of regeneration, the killing of the king, decapitation, the sword, corn. That's what this moon was called on Sunday, the corn moon. The corn moon, the harvest moon, which we normally get in the fall, this blood scarlet moon is kind of like the harvest moon because we're decapitating the king in the spring, not in the fall. It's part of a much larger ritual. Friday the 13th, the shooting on Saturday, another shooting on Sunday, and the lunar eclipse, the scarlet moon. Think of the scarlet witch from Doctor Strange. Like Lilith chasing the child to sacrifice them, to consume their powers, their blood, through the multiverse. And you're sitting there watching it, eating popcorn. 
there in the corn moon. They literally call it the corn moon. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Thank you so much for tuning into the broadcast. If you have the ability, please subscribe to our archive. Please grab a copy of one of my books. Please leave us a review on one of the radio podcast players. People who don't like us, leave us reviews. So if you like us, please leave us a review to counter that hatred and that trolling. Remember, every crime is a hate crime. And the biggest threat that you face as a white or a black person in terms of violence is almost always in your own race. And the things that we see, all these stories, can also always just be looked at from another point of view that is far beyond the physical. Scarlet Moon, Friday the 13th, it all brings us together in this three-day weekend festival, this ceremony after Walpurgis. It's a ritual. It's a ceremony. It's part of the secret teachings. And that's what we bring you Monday through Friday. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. And we'll talk to you on the next broadcast.